create with France Sydney. Hello everyone, welcome to the show. This is Fran Sydney. I am your host and today I'm really, really pleased to introduce you in episode 106, my friend Edmund Ellison, who knows a lot of stuff about stress and anxiety. So I thought you guys would love to hear from him and give maybe a few tips. So meet Edmund who has coached and hypnotized hundreds of people to help him to let go of stress of anxiety and to have them to live a life that they want on their own terms so they can achieve their goals using an impact model that he has called CLEAR. And that is quite an interesting name for that. CLEAR. You know, with all the little dots. So let me just introduce you to Edmund. Say hello everyone and hello and welcome to the show. Hi Franz, thanks so much for having me on and it's a real pleasure to be on and be a guest on your show because I have to admit, I've listened to quite a few and I'm a real big fan and, and love the, the deep insight that you give to topics. So uh, thanks very much for having me on and giving me a chance to just talk to people about some topics that I'm really passionate about, which is stress, habits and accountability, because what I've found over the past uh, number of months and years, especially with COVID and the cost of living and many different things that are impacting on people, stress is something that actually tends to creep up on people and they're not really aware of how it impacts them and it has what I would call a cumulative effect (laughs) and can then really overcome people and they end up getting burnt out and especially for our colleagues who do coaching, work in therapy uh, or business owners uh, or even if people just in their career, I think most people could agree with me at this point that they've found themselves at least sitting down and wondering, it's all feeling quite a lot, that sense of overwhelm. So this is something that I really want to deep dive into almost create that sense of self-awareness which I think is so important nowadays to take that time and just reflect on how things are going and how we're feeling and not being afraid to be open about it and having a chat with people. Mm -hmm. What makes it so that people don't want to talk about it? If it's so prevalent in society, why why don't we talk talk about it? Yeah, it's really interesting. I think if the best way I would describe this is almost like the motorway. Uh, I think everyone wants to be in the fast lane and everyone just wants to get to where they are. Like, look at our society at the minute. We're so used to getting everything now. We've Netflix. I I used to laugh. I was talking to my wife the other day about going to the old video store by a couple of years back and you had to queue up and uh, get your sweets, your ice cream and pick your movie and hope no one else had picked it for you. (laughs) Now we've everything that we want. It's just there. Um, we're, We're just conditioned to have everything with a click of a button. And I think when you look at life now, everyone just tries to push on. And that's very much what I've seen, you know, especially when I used to work in corporate, everything was just push on. Uh, no matter what was happening, it was always that that kind of attitude to just get stuff done. And I think it almost has got to the point where people sometimes don't feel that they can talk about it because it can be sometimes perceived as a sense of weakness. And um, if someone is talking about the stress or their well-being or their mindset, But I would actually argue it's the opposite because it's a sign of strength. Only a a strong person would have that, you know, inner ability to talk about it and say, look, I'm not actually feeling well because we all, we take our cars to the MOT, take our phones in to get software updates, but what do we do with ourselves, right? (laughs) We we need to have some work done. Self-care is vitally important, you know? You know, we've got to have that time built in. And so I would always say, you know, especially to clients as well, um, I always tell them, you know, what have you done for you recently? 
you know, when was the last time you stopped and actually thought about this and said, well, what have I done for me? You know, a lot of them will tell me that they're working serious hours, they're pushing themselves. And, and interestingly, there's this deep inner sense, the ones that push themselves the hardest feel that they have the most to prove. And that's an interesting one, because I usually deep dive into that and say, well, you know, what do you have to prove and to who? And where did that come from? What's driving you? And that's where the conversation gets interesting. <laughs> that is so interesting. Yeah, that was this push. And I was just listening to some guys uh, called Gentries. They, um, they are a music group. They sing really well. And uh, they were talking about issues. And one was saying, you know, how, how many people on their deathbed will say, oh, it was so important to paint the wall white or orange. And that's why I had this argument with my life. And, with my wife and why am I so stuck up on this and that? It was so important, you know, maybe to be rich. And how many of them, when they are about to finish their life, think, I wish I had another million dollars in the bank. And <laughs> most people will be looking back and looking at relationships they had. And if they manage to fulfill their dreams and their passion, and by having all this stress to push, 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 uh, we put everything back and we feel like we are resentful. What, what kind of um, symptoms do you see in the, when, the, when the person comes to you and say, you know, I'm stressed, what do you notice outwards that is happening to uh, them? What makes you think, yes, this is really stressed person? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's just, you know, what I do, I do it probably like yourself, do a really deep dive, com you know, consultation. But I want to find out a little bit more about them because I, each person that I speak to, I really care and I'm invested. I want to know a little bit about what's impacting on them. You know, and I look at what is what it is they're doing on a daily basis. I want to know when they get triggered because I think about, you know, how habits are formed, the cue, the response, the reward. And so I'll ask them to kind of just walk me through what they're doing. But usually they present as being quite, you know, you can just see the anxiety in them, you know, when they talk about things, especially particular topics, you can just see the, the change in intonation. It's almost that sense of exhaustion that's coming forward. And when I start probing into that, you can tell them there's certain keywords that will trigger them. You know, if you walk them through their day to day or it's their job, you can usually get a sense that there's something in particular, like maybe they feel overwhelmed. They've maybe taken on too much because they want to prove themselves. So they've only recently started a new job or they've been promoted in a role, or maybe it's a business owner who's putting in lots of hours, but they're not getting anywhere. And you can sense that when you start talking to them about sales or their last month's revenue, that's when you start to notice the change in their voice. Uh, they get really upset then, you know, and that's the way you can kind of, you can kind of tap into that. But what you said was quite interesting as well, because a lot of the time when we're stressed, we're not always conscious that we're stressed because, you know, 40% was a really interesting piece I read a while back, which I found quite insightful. I'm from Duke University talking about 40% of our actions being controlled by, you know, subconscious habits. So if you imagine most of us are on autopilot, we have about 50 to 70,000 thoughts approximately every day and we blink hundreds of times a minute, we breathe, we do all this on autopilot. And so the natural thing that I would say to someone is you're doing all this stuff on autopilot, but yet you're only aware of a fraction of it consciously. So if you, for example, had a deep inner belief that you needed to prove yourself and you didn't feel good enough, then you probably are gonna work really hard, do serious hours and stress yourself out because you're trying to prove something. But who are you trying to prove that to? 
that's the big thing because maybe you have this inner feeling of you know nothing's good enough perfectionism but what i find when i do deep dive with work with clients is that that all stems right back maybe something with their mom or dad or their family situation and the interesting thing there is that's all been suppressed so that they don't really remember that but it's still having an impact later on so what might have been presenting to me as stress is actually something deeper and I almost take on the role of a detective then or a mechanic no I'm trying to diagnose and trace it back because the symptom that's been presented is I'm stressed I'm overworked I'm burning out but why maybe you're not taking breaks maybe you're worried about what people think maybe you're just doing too much work and you're not having a rest because you feel that someone's going to figure out imposter syndrome and these are the sort of things that I hear but I deep dive in and then when I get them to that root cause they literally say oh my god you're actually telling me that this is the reason why I've been acting the way I've been acting and a lot of the time they're shocked because it's been so far in the past that they just didn't realize you know it sounds so familiar because I would say 99% of my clients display this behavior and they wonder why they feel that way and then when we talk about it we go back to how did this start what was the event and we go back sometimes with NLP sometimes with hypnosis and I hear the same stories of things embarrassing things that happen in school some people maybe wet themselves in school when they were four other people were slapped by the teacher. Other people were embarrassed. They had to give a talk or a presentation with public debaters making mistakes. And um, they just they blushed and the teacher said something like, just a Johnny is feeling embarrassed now. You are going to feel... It was just like on the spot. And these events were very important and, and really carved the way, the way that they were perceiving themselves. And then there is a bullying, people that you think are your friends that are teasing you because you're chubby or because you have glasses or because you are a different color. Or maybe they make you do things like stealing, you know, small kids do a lot of stuff. And then they get used to these abusive relationships, etc. And then they develop this underlying anxiety about everything. And they think, I can't do anything on my own. And uh, one of my clients yesterday was saying, I start everything by thinking, I can't do this. Since yes. she was young, I just can't do it. And I'm like, well, that's what you're telling your mind. <laughs> How do you yeah. think your mind is going to cope if you instructed that, oh, I can't do this? So it's really looking back and see why this automatic behavior is so embedded. It has been familiar, oh, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And, and this is the interesting thing. I like to think of it that we're all made up of pillars, you know, and, and you've got your core beliefs and then you've got your compensatory ones. And so when you're younger, your core beliefs form around the values that are instilled in you by your parents and that shapes you. And then I, I like to think of it as part of my clear impact model that you mentioned earlier on. You know, um, first part is control, but the control we think we have over things. And the second part is the lens, you know, so you're talking about actual lens like your glasses the way i describe it to clients is everyone wears a pair of glasses i do as well but just because i wear a pair of glasses doesn't mean i see everything as clearly as what you do my glasses and my lens are shaped by my own personal experiences so what i see is filtered out by what's happened to me and that's an interesting thing you know linking back to what you talked about around beliefs because you know one thing i read before um, it's in the journal of academy of marketing science 
20, uh, 20, 2002, yeah, <laughs> just off the top of my head, uh, by a guy called Sheeran. And it was really interesting. It was about intentions only explain 28% of the variance in behavior. And so when I look at that, I always remind clients that just because you think you want to do something doesn't mean you actually will. And the more resistance that you encounter when you try to do something, you know, like try to achieve your goals, get a project over the line, the more procrastination you do and the, and the more resistance you find, the more thinking, worrying, that's your sign that there's something deeper there. Your, your subconscious is fighting against you. And you have to ask yourself why that is. And that, as you know, <laughs> is, is then the, the key bit where you, you kind of go in and angle that, understand and help them create that's that so self-awareness. Nice. That's great. Guys, I hope you you will flood uh, my friend Edmund with lots of questions when we are offline because this is amazing. So much that can happen. So is there something that you could suggest to do um, before we reach the therapist and while we're working with the therapist to, to tackle all these feelings and, and even if we already call them stress and anxiety, maybe... We fearfully did not attach the label, thinking, ah, I don't want to go on medication, because people think, oh, yeah, I'm going to have to just take a medicine and then I can go to work. But for me, you know, Alex is like a big event that happened and you're almost suicidal and, you know, short term, but, you know, studies have shown that long term medication is not helping. Why? Because when you have stress symptoms of the panic attacks, the stomach problems and all the other stuff that happened, you know, the anger. This is like um, a fire alarm that is going really loud and it's telling you something is wrong, you have to tackle this. But it's just the symptom, it's the tip of the iceberg, isn't it? But if I had a fire in my house, if I went to the smoke alarm and say, oh gosh, this noise is so annoying, I'm going to just turn it off. I'll take off doop, and I'll turn off the smoke alarm. Yeah, I don't feel that noise anymore but the fire is still destroying the house and mm-hmm. in a way <laughs> being stuck on medication for years and years and years and not working on what's causing this fire is gonna cause like a fragmenting of our mind and our happiness and our purpose because we are not really tackling what is the real issue isn't it give us Absolutely. give us a couple of steps what can we do first yeah, there's there's lots you can do, and I've spent a long time working with with stress, especially uh, something I've come through in a journey too. You know, you have to go through that before you can come out the other side and really give people that support. And I think the big thing that I've realized is that a lot, and it's probably going to sound controversial, but stress is a process. <laughs> um, to me, it, it 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 happens over time. It doesn't just happen straight away. But when you realize that it's happened, it's usually too late. There are signs along the way and things you can do. So the first thing is self-awareness. It might seem the simple one, but it's actually the hardest because as most people know, we're on autopilot. So there's things we're doing that are contributing to stress. First thing I want people to do, and it really works, take a pen and paper and just note down your daily routine, your daily journey, right? Look at the triggers and the situations where you feel stuck or that you start feeling anxious or upset believe it or not there'll be something behind that so if it only happens for example when you're getting close to delivering a project 
when you're doing a presentation or something big, like you're talking to your team, whatever it is, you'll notice that you feel a certain way. It just happens. But you maybe haven't reflected on that. So note that down, how you feel, and actually question it and, and really try to question it in your mind. Why do I feel that way? And write it down. Because a lot of the time when you take out the emotion and you rationally question something, you start to realize, well, why am I feeling that way? Why am I thinking like this? That's really important. Most people don't do that. And when they think like that, they start going, oh, actually, do you know what? I'm feeling like this because I'm really nervous or I'm anxious about doing this. But, but why? What is it that's causing me to feel this? There's no danger associated with doing this. Do I really need to care about what other people think? I know I'm good, right? And you remind yourself that you are good, that you do matter, and that you shouldn't care what other people think, except your close family. Because that's what's important. If you let other people's criticism get in there, then there's a chance that that's going to derail you from taking the action. You're worth, you know, whatever you think you are, as you said earlier, Franz. So that internal dialogue is important. And that leads you down to the next part, right? So start changing, reprogramming, if you will, your thoughts. You know, when we get updates on our phones, if something doesn't work, I guarantee most people will look at their phone and go, I'm not happy with that. I've noticed that change. I'm going straight into the phone shop. I'm going to complain about that because that's affecting my daily routine. People get annoyed about that. But what about ourselves? You know, what what if we're running the last version of iOS 15 or whatever, and there's something in there that we're not happy with? Why aren't we doing something about that? <laughs> so we should be thinking to ourselves, how do I change my own program every day saying, I feel good about taking action. You know, I feel good enough. And just saying that every day, reminding ourselves, and write it down, have it on your computer, have it on your desk, have it above your merge, reinforce that. When you hear yourself thinking something negative, just say stop in your head, really clearly stop. Write down what it was the thought and rewrite it and make it positive. And if you feel like it will help as well, I usually get my clients to practice mindfulness in addition to hypnosis. So I usually ask them to take breathing, you know, look at their breathing deep breaths, nice and calm, and just center themselves. And if it helps just to listen to a nice audio and just take five minutes out. If you've got a point in your day which is really stressful, go for a walk. Look at your calendar. Build time in for your self-care. If you're letting people book loads of things into your diary and you're completely jammed, stop. Just tell people, I'm sorry, you're not getting me from this time to this time. And just have that free time. Because the, for me... If you're looking to get yourself away from stress, the key thing is just giving yourself that break. And if you want to change your mindset, then you've got to be consistent, but you've also got to be persistent. And sometimes that means putting you first, especially if you're used to putting everyone else first. And most of the people who I speak to that are stressed don't prioritize themselves. So that's, that's your big final call to action. Are you prioritizing you? And the other question I want you to think about is, with the things that you're doing and you're holding on to the last minute, why are you giving yourself the way out? Mm. And you know, you probably don't remember, but in the past episodes uh, from last week, one of five, I did talk about this yes man, the people pleaser, who think, mm -hmm. well, I have to do what people say so they will like me and love me and accept it. So, accept me, sorry. And, um, and because of that, they might be very busy people with, you know, school, careers, whatever, 
hand, maybe lots of kids, but they never say no. So they end up burn out and crashing all the deadlines, like almost with one leg, oh, I can't do this. But they will never say no to anyone in the family or outside. And so yeah. <laughs> the other one with the emotional breakdown in the end, because they don't realize you actually can't stop because you can't keep giving. If you haven't filled up your own basket, you have to do something there to stop for a minute and remember what is this race all about. So that should lead us really nicely to your clear process. Is this part of what you were talking about? Is that what you were... Can you explain to us about it? Oh yeah, absolutely. So that the premise of the clear impact model is really nice. So what it what it essentially I came up with this, believe it or not, over so many uh, over so many months. So the whole idea was when you talk about control, most people think they're in control, but they're not really, because their subconscious is actually the thing that's driving things. So I get them to realize that their sense of control is actually not really true, and to realize that they're if they're in sometimes they're the passenger in the car seat and their subconscious is the one that's driving. And until they understand what's in that subconscious, then they're not really the one in control. So they've got to almost deep dive and understand what their beliefs are and what's driving those thoughts that are in the driving seat all of the time. So when they take that on board, they start to realize then that those thoughts and those beliefs form the basis of their glasses, their lens, which is their game face. And this is what they present to the world. And so their lens could be tinted. And sometimes when you go into Specsavers, you ask for a tint in your lenses so that you can maybe you know, see your computer better. But sometimes that tint can distort your view of reality. And that's what I would present to them, that maybe their view of reality is not objective. It's subjective. It's based on what they think, based on their experiences. Their filter is filtering things out. So when I see something, I'm helping them to realize that self-awareness to say that this is how it is from an objective perspective and this is how you're seeing it. That's usually quite empowering for them because they usually go, wow, you know, I've just been working away on autopilot, but yes, you're correct. There's stuff there that I've been doing and I've kind of just normalized my behavior, but it's not what I should be doing, Um, which brings them back to the kind of E part of it, which is the emotions. So because of how they feel or think or react, they're then not going to take action, which is the A part. And because of that, that's going to lead them to then get into a vicious cycle of feeling upset or annoyed. They're not taking action because of fear. The fear they can't explain, but it's maybe linked to a deep-rooted trauma or something that's happened to them. And then that naturally brings us on to the R, which is the result. So if they're looking to get promoted or increase sales or you know move up in their business whatever it is they're trying to do overcome anxiety they usually can't get to the result because there's something that's holding them back from taking action they can't take action because they're scared but they can't explain why they're scared they're avoiding doing certain things they're almost normalizing their behavior around the issue and thinking it's okay because it's easier to accept that than to face up to something that they can't tangibly put their hands on So when you take them through the model, what you're doing is giving them that very clear sense, as though has the word, (laughs) of what it is that's causing the impact. And then, you know, the whole point of mind reset hypnosis is is to press the reset button on that situation and to say, right, you know, this is not working. What you're doing isn't working. So let's get you the impact you want by looking at how we use a combination of 
hypnosis, coaching, and accountability. And the reason why I use accountability is because it's proven that you know you're more 65% more likely to achieve your goals if you have commitment. And that's what that platform I have is about because it's getting loads of people together to share wins and it's giving people lots of support in one go to help them overcome their, their goal faster. Because if they understand what it is and they know a structured support to do it and they've got encouragement and guidance from others cheering them on, they're more likely to, to do it, which is what I found. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's taken me a while to come up with a name because I was doing it. I just didn't have a name for it, but that's that's what I've come up with. It's a great name, acronym, and you know, clear to remember. <laughs> I hope you That's like it, my yeah. jokes, anyone? <laughs> I hope you like my jokes. Nobody? Okay, never mind. Next time. But uh, I want to thank you because you made it very clear and uh, you're really saying what I'm saying, you know, that we need to take those steps. Because if we don't, then anxiety doesn't just resolve, it will get worse and stress will get worse, and our enjoyment of life will decrease, but at the same time, the quality of our life and our relationships will decrease if we never take action thinking, oh, but I have to do this. And it's just so good sometimes and refreshing to have an unbiased point of view from somebody who outside, they are outside of a bubble where we are stuck in this vicious circle of thinking in that way. And it's so refreshing to hear another person observing us and say, what are you doing there? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And I think we all need that in fairness, you know, like we, we, we can't see everyone is that element of bias, you know, we can't see our own kind of behavior. And that's why I think a lot of times when you're trying to, people will go off as you and I know, they'll, um, I'm sure you've, you you have this as well with clients who'll tell you they've done loads of YouTube, they've done, you know, podcast, you know, podcast self-help, obviously yours is really good. <laughs> There's loads of fantastic tips. They've listened to all these different things and they still haven't been able to do anything about it. And, and I think you're, you've hit the nail on the head. You can't do anything about something until you accept that you, one, need to do something about it, but two, understand the root cause of what it is. And most people can't do that because that's deep layered and they're subconscious yeah. they can't access that. Yeah, and I see that there are some people in groups, I won't mention names, but they're in groups where they buy hypnotic recordings and, oh, um, I have listened to these recordings for so long, but I still do this, I still do that. And in some, in some cases, the reason is because the hypnotic recording is not targeting the, the cause of this because, you know, the, the person who's made it has made it for a general public who has this issue, the issue. And, you know, in my, in my case, it could be that your case is not really addressing the real reason and so you just say, oh, it's, that, it's not working, oh, I just feel so depressed, but invest in yourself, go and see a therapist so he can direct your problem, your your symptoms, you're in the right direction and then the recording will really work. So just be aware there is always something we can do and another person who does this all the time, they know exactly how to direct you and facilitate this process. So it makes the effort uh, easier and lighter and so energized. So I'm really thankful for your input here, Edmund, and um, tell us, uh, we have literally two minutes where we can find you do you have a podcast or a website and can we also put the links below later on where are you on the web yep so mine is called mindresethypnosis.com oh that's easy okay well well thank you guys and girls listening to us if you have any questions please please reach to Edmund as well he's so good he just wants to help you to get 
to the top of your game and be relaxed. So thank you for being with me and thank you, Edmund. Well, thank you, Franz. It's been a pleasure. And I hope you guys will share this episode with all your friends. Click share and write a review. Of course, I say this all the time until you do it. <laughs> so the more people can have a message, the things can get better and then can create the life that they really want with Mindset Hacks. Thank you, everyone, and bye-bye. You've listened to Create with Franz Sidney.